So, what's going on, bro? What you up to? Nothing, man. Nothing. Just, um, you know, taking in day by day, trying to figure it all out. You know how it goes. So how you doing? I'm great, man. I mean, I just, I want to go back to what we kind of talked about last episode. And it's like, is it, you know, totally ridiculous for us to look at a team that was the second youngest team in NBA history, hmm. but had the thought, you know, fifth best scoring output in the NBA, that they would take a leap and end up maybe potentially leading the league in scoring this next year. Sure. Okay. It's a good idea. And maybe over time end up developing because of the coaches' offense and the elite players they have into potentially the best scoring team in NBA history. That's like, that's the question. But that's as far goal, as like, right? <laughs> right. I mean, it, there's a potential there, right? There's always a potential. But sure. Um, my question though is for this next year, yeah, yeah. if the team is going to come out and average. I don't know, 120 points, something like that, which would be sure. very, very good, right? Not mm-hmm. enough to lead the league, or actually, I think it would have, right? That's where around the Kings were this last yeah, the, year. The Kings were 120.7 um, points per Point game. Seven. Okay, so what? I mean, could Shea keep his 30 point average while maybe still like maybe shooting a few less shots? <laughs> this is going to piss people off. Um, good. There is. Um, <clears throat> There's uh, a madness to my method, all right? And I want to get into exactly why I'm going to say what I'm going to say, man. Um, Last year, Shea played 68 games. He shot 1,381 shots, all right? Let's just say that Shea plays the same amount of games. He doesn't play any more games. All All right, right, man? What's up, Shane? Um, He plays 68 games. I feel like if Shea shot... 1200 shots he still could average 32 points a game so that's 180 shots less a game or less a season which is you know just um over two less shots a game all right why is this important why do i think that shea could do this is what first of all is if you look at what j-dub did last year j-dub shot 794 shots averaging 10 shots a game just about 10 shots a game right right um he played 75 games and average 14.4 points a game. What up, El Sombra? Good to El see you, Sombra, buddy. what's up, what's man? What's up, Shane? So if you take that into context, right, and you <laughs> add, let's just say, the basic, right, man? We add the basic to J-Dub. We add J-Dub gets 15 shots a game, okay? So 15 shots a game, so we're adding seven points a game. And he doesn't get better and more efficient, and this is just going off the basics, right? Mm-hmm. J-Dub's now scoring 21.2 points a game. I mean, think about that. That's just off of going for five more shots a game because Jay, or, uh, Shea, which I feel like you got me excited about this. When Shea is out there, if he shoots two more or hits two more three um, pointers a game, which in his career, you guys can go back and you can look at his career. He's done that before. He's averaged three, four, five point on um, three points in a, in a season. Right. He, he, I don't think he's ever hit five three pointers. in this No, no. Season. He's averaged taking. 5.9 oh, three-pointers in 5. one of his seasons. I got you. I'm with you. So he's proven that he likes to take that three. It's I mean, he shot like 41% when he did that too. So for me, if really? he wants – yeah, if he wants to get back – he only played 35 games that season. But if he wants to get back to, in a way, becoming more of a shooter like that, and he shoots four or five three-pointers a game, right? And he ups that to hitting what I would consider, you know, three three-pointers a game. Okay? So he's plus two now. So that takes away from, you know, um, 
two extra shots that he needs or an extra shot that he needs, you know? Then you pull back and then you say to Shay, you're like, is 10, I'm going to the line 10 times a game, right? Is that enough? No. I think you can go to the foul line 13 times a game, okay? So that takes another shot off the board, all right? So that's that's three shots right there that now we've talked about that Shay doesn't have to take as many shots. You start adding into this and you're like, where are those shots going to go? Well, it's, it's obvious where they're going to go. They're going to go to J-Dub because... Josh Giddy last year, he shot the second most shots on the team. He shot 1,118, averaging 14 shots a game. Okay? Think about that. That's the jump that I'm saying that J-Dub's about to have, right? He's about to have from 10 shots to 14 or 15 shots a game. He averaged 16 points per game, 78 games. Okay? So that right there, in my opinion, is a great indication. I want Josh to shoot 1,200 shots next season. I want Shade to shoot 1,200 plus shots next season. I want J Dub to shoot 1,200 shots next season. Because if J Dub shoots 1,000 shots next season, right, then guess what? He's going to be averaging um, 21 points a game. <laughs> Think about that, man. Like, if he shoots 1,200, what is he going to be averaging? You know, so again, this is if and if he doesn't even get more efficient than he already has been. And he just continues to be the player that he, um, he showed us that he can be. So J Dub. Josh and Shea. That's where our main shots are going to be this year. I just, I, I, if we look at last season, we look at the way that Josh uh, took all those shots that he did, 16 points a game. Can Josh up that to 18 or 19 points a game? Sure. Can J Dub go from 14 points a game to 21 to 22 points a game? Sure. Can Shea go from 31 to 32 and take two or three less shots a game? Hell yeah, he can. Not just hell yeah, he can, but I think he can be more efficient doing that. And then you come into context and you say, wait a second here. We haven't even talked about Chet yet. Where are we going to get these extra shots for Chet? Because I think Chet deserves to get 700 extra shots, 700 shots, right? So when you start getting into that, you think about last year, we shot 92.5 shots. We shot the second most shots in the NBA last year for a total of 700 or 7,590 shots last year. Okay. I've said since day one of watching this team. Um, last year, we are the most effective team in the league when we shoot 100 shots. I think that's the goal for every game, 100 shots. It's an insane number because that's seven and a half shots more a game than we averaged this last year as the second most um, um, shots in the, uh, uh, um, in the season. All right? So if you think about that, in order for us to get that, how many more shots a game do we have to have? 7.25. Well, why does that come in context? Because that's... 600 and something shots, 700 shots. That's where Chet's shots come from, man. So what we have to do is we have to become more efficient on the offensive board, which I'll talk about in a second. And we have to learn how to be able to get to that point where we get 100 shots from 99, 98 shots. And if we can do that, I can see J-Dub getting 1,200 shots. I can see Josh getting 1,200. I can see Shea getting 12, 1,300 shots. And I can see Chet getting 700 shots. All right. Guess how many shots Dort had last year? How many? 873 shots. He averaged 11.7 shots and 13.7 points a game. 74 games. All right, man. So you look at that and you say, well, Dort, you know, where do you want him to be at for shots? I want him to be at 800. You know, I want him to be about 650. Well, you could say 650 because I, I thought 600. But if you think about it, 10 shots a game for Dort, right? I feel like is a good number for him. All right. So let's just say we keep that Dort at 10 shots a game, right? We had Isaiah Joe with 500, Trey with 508, Kenny Hustle with 370 or 343, but he only played in like um, 
53 games. Yeah, like three quarters of the season. Or something. All right. So he will be up in the 500s if he plays the whole game um, season. So again, we have to come up with, in order for this team to win 53 plus games, like we've been saying, we have to be able to come up with 123 plus points a game. Bro, if we're shooting 100 shots a game, we're scoring 123 points a game. Hmm. And you look back at the history of the game, I think the record is what, 126? Who, who, I, I who holds know. it, by the way? It was like oh. the Denver Nuggets from like the Denver 70s. Nuggets, or is it Supersonics? I thought I thought it was the Nuggets from like the seventies, dude. All right, but whatever. It, I don't it, know. The, the point about this is is that it's one hundred and twenty six points per game is the record. This Thunder team has the ability if they get a hundred shots up by being more efficient, right? They have an opportunity to get really close to that record this year. So and then the next year progression will be just obvious. And, and why do people say, well, da, 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 da. the new offensive game to the NBA is going to break almost all records. That's the it way should. it's designed. That's right. the way that the commissioner wanted it, wants it to be. And it's designed to do that. So why would it be impossible for a young team like this to go and knock up on the record and say, hey, we're coming for that record? Because 120 points right now is if we take 96 shots a game, we'll average 120 <laughs> points a game. That's only 3.5 more shots a game. And you say, well, that's way too many more shots a game. Well, let me just say this to you. Our offensive boards last year, we averaged 11.4 offensive boards. Right, that's like what Jared's saying right now, right? Like it's like one I of the things. Well, keep going, though. Like, but, what's right, up, Jared? 11.4 offensive boards a game. I think our three extra shots automatically are going to come from the offensive boards. We're going to average 14.4 to 15 um, offensive boards a game. Okay, really? Because at first, Chet's going to come out and he's going to dominate. How many did dominate- we average last year? We averaged 11.4. So, so Chet's going to come out, okay. and he's going to dominate the boards. He's going to make everybody else have to double Chet in order for them to get the boards. Why does that come in on um, purpose? Well, J-Dub, Kenny Hustle. I mean, we could go down our list. Josh Giddy, Shea, we all love the offensive boards. We're doing whatever it takes. So when they double down on us, that means we have one extra player that's going to be wide open for the offensive boards. So I think we average three to four or more offensive boards a game. That means right. three to four more shots a game. Right, right. Okay, just off of that. All right? That's not saying that I, I don't think – do you think that that J-Dub is going to be able to create create 100 more shots for himself this year? Yes. Do you think Josh Giddey is going to be able to create 50 more shots for himself? Yes. I mean, this is why we can start adding the numbers up and we start saying, oh, my God. This team could do something crazy this year because it's just the basics of adding one and two and saying, if this team does 3.5 more shots a game, this team will average this many more points a game. If this team averages, you know, um, 100 shots a game, right, Mm -hmm. that's 8,200 shots a year, and they shoot blank amount of, this is what they'll average. If we're doing that, we're averaging 123 points a game. Tell me a team that's going to have an easy time with our defensive concept Tell me a team that's going to have an easy time to deal with that. That it's going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that it's um, abnormal for a, um, a team to go from, um, let's just say, um, 110 points per game to 116, or a team to go from 103 to 110? Okay, it's not abnormal for a team to get six points better on an off season, and that's all I'm saying. This team is going to do. Yeah, it's easier to do it, though, when you're not, like, already top five, which is where we are. And by the way, thank you, Alessandra. Um, we'll talk about the in-season tournament in a minute, um, for oh, sure. Oh, man, I love that, for sure. Um, so, Giddy becomes a slightly better passer. 
you know, because he knows his teammates a little bit better. All right. Um, he also becomes slightly better offensive player um, because I think big game players incorporate big game mentalities. He went sure. out there and played his best games as the games got bigger. And, you know, the coaches are saying, like, if you want to be if you truly want to be a Hall of Fame player, Josh, like you have to become consistent yeah. offensively at the level you were at our best games. Sure. That's what it takes for him to be a Hall of Famer. He's not going to rebound and pass his way into the Hall of Fame. He's going to have to score. Uh, the only way to do well, that, I want to say this with Australia, to become like the greatest ever at it, or one yeah. of the top three. Like if, but if he could average twenty a game, he couldn't make the Hall of Fame for sure with the success of the team and sure the triple doubles that come with it. Go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say, is Australian people that have been consistent on our show that have consistently said, hey, Josh Giddy's going to average 20 points a game. There was a while that I sat there and was wondering, can Josh Giddy average 20 points a game? You know, and I sat here and I'm looking at the stats and I keep going over them and, you know, 14 shots a game for 16 points. And it dawns on me that Josh Giddy is going what to be a team? 20 point score. And I'm sorry, that's going to piss people off when I say that, but Josh is going to be a 20 point score because if you look at it, if he just gets more efficient with 14 shots, he will score 20 points a game because he's going to go to the foul line more as he gets older. So uh, there's no doubt about it. We have three players that are going to be scoring, averaging 20 points a game. Maybe it's this year that starts or next year or the year after, but it's going to start right away. I mean, it's going to be very, very quickly because I look at J-Dub and just the progression of saying J-Dub gets five more shots a game. That means he'll get uh, 21 points a game, right? And you say, what if Josh gets more efficient and 14 shots is what he gets still? He still shoots 1,100 shots this next season. Does that mean that Josh gets more efficient, that he can't average 19, 20 points a game this next year? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I mean, come on. He's, he's got to. He's got to. What we saw when him playing the best, right? Where he gets his shoulder down, gets his head down, gets past his man, mm -hmm. plays in space. The only way he's going to get past his man is if they close out on him when he's shooting, um, or at least halfway close out. Like he's got to get a hand up. Yeah. If he gets a hand up, he's got a chance. If he gets his hip past his guy, he plays physical enough with the ball in his hand. Sure. He's going to be able to get to his spots. Um, passing is available only if they respect his mid range game. That exactly. runner, that teardrop. If he can establish that and also learn how to, what we saw in those big games, which was use his big body to get to the backboard and finish off the glass, like he's got that ability. He has to bring those elements of his game. Like we need to see Josh, like this is, it, it's, it's a big transition, but we need to see him get five easy buckets per game. If he can do that, then everything kind of changes. Mm -hmm. And I understand that's like a difficult thing for a pass first guard, but he, I say, people say he's six eight. He lists himself at six nine on his own bio. I think he's more of a six foot nine player in in the way that I see him. Six sure. eight just fine with me. Like he plays basketball when he after he picks up the dribble, right? He plays the game like Australian rules football. Yeah, man. It's shoulders. It's bumping. It's grinding it's getting in there it's finding contact and that's why he looks for the contact and then he finishes through the contact so he doesn't get a lot of whistles but like that's the extra part of this game that we don't know like could he get to the free throw line three or four or five extra times this next year so 
if he can find those easy buckets, if he gets to the free throw line, and those easy buckets to me are there's a difference between his runner when he's like free throw line extended and when he gets, you know, two steps in the lane. If he gets those two steps in the lane, he's finishing in that spot. Then he gets to the rim and finishes in those spots, gets to the free throw line, and then he can knock down threes in a way that just keeps teams being honest with him. Yeah. Yeah. The, the points are there. But like, right, I man. could also see why people would look at it and be like, he's passed first. So why would he go out and score? Well, the reason is, is because he was the youngest player in the history of the league to get a triple double. Yeah. Right. And the Oklahoma City Thunder don't look at players and say, like, okay, now you've created a lane for yourself. We want you to stay in that lane and reserve your role to just that. That way our team has the best chance at uh, surviving. He's gonna see teams fourth best defenders a lot of games. Sure. Like sure. That's he has to look at the scouting report and say, like, I know where they have me listed. And I know I'm gonna have an advantage over the guy that is guarding me. And I might even have the best advantage on any given night. Yeah. over that guy because of the difference because you know they might they might start they might give like almost like an off night to the guy be like hey you guard giddy to the best offensive player of the other team as if like that was an off night and he has to torture the guy yeah he has to make them pay and make him work really hard and that's well, part of the game you look at josh in the game what he had to do last year man let's just be honest man he was he was put up against whom the second best defender. I mean, like on, on on most nights, you would see him either get a, a forward or you'd see him get um, a, a guard that was a better defender. You know, J Dub is going to take that guy this next year. I mean, yeah. that's going to be J Dub. J Dub is going to take that guy, and it's going to uh, put a a power forward on Josh. I mean, that's one of the most beautiful mismatches I've seen for Josh is when he gets a power forward on him, he gets around him on the hip. Or the guy just plays off of him and Josh will shoot over top of him. He's more effective. So to me, like it, it, Josh, Josh is going to be the key to this is because if Josh starts dominating that power forward and then through the season, they have to switch out the power forward and they say, we need another guard or we need the smaller forward, small forward out there to play against Josh. Like that changes how teams have to play against us, you know? And, and when it comes to the um, uh, playoffs, that's, that's when Josh will take advantage of that because a lot of teams They'll, they'll live and die by their power forward. And if Josh is taking that power forward, it's over. You know, like that's that's where I'm, I'm getting excited about because, you know, you can say J-Dub um, this or Joe or Isaiah Joe this or Dort this or Josh, you know, Shay needs to do this. But Josh, if he just averages 15 shots a game, just 15, he's gotten more efficient. You know, he's getting better with, with his decisions, okay? Then we're looking at a legit one, two, or two, three combo punch. And how many NBA teams have three guys that can score 20 plus points on any given night? You know, it, there's a few of them. Don't get me wrong. There's a few of them out there. But with that being said, is how many of them have Lou Dort, Isaiah Joe, Trey Mann, Kenny Hustle, and Chet? And we're not even getting into anybody else. And that's the, the most beautiful thing about what this team in this starting um, four um, guards is so scary about man is because teams can't play us just can't you can't stick up you can't stick j-dub up against a power forward j-dub will be able to stay in his own against a power forward on defense if he needs to right he might get bullied around in year two a little bit but most power forwards j-dub will be able to handle 
And then on offense, J-Dub's just going to go around him and dunk on him. You know, so what? The big man comes and helps out and, and Chet's, Chet's wide open. That's why our offense is designed. It's not all about one versus one. It's all about my team versus you. And I think that's what's so crazy about when we're all said and done with this is that this team shooting 100 shots a game is probably the most effective team out there. Why do I think that, that it's possible? It's because not, we, not only did we get better, but we got substantially better in this offseason because of Chet, because of the other pickups, um, Kaysen, and some other guys that are healthy now. So with that being said, is that now we just have to sit back and see how Coach D is going to handle all these guys and all the shots they're going to need. Because if we go and we shoot like the Sacramento Kings did with 88 shots per game, and they scored 120 points a game, which is phenomenal, right? Like that means that we're going to have guys that are going to be like Shea that's, that's averaging 28, 27 points a game. You know, and, and that's okay. But if we want to see something special this year, it has to come through these plus seven and a half shots a game. Yo, what up, Unc? Um, so one thing I want to talk about what Alessandro brought up was this in-season tournament. And it's something that I feel like up, I've, kind of, I've held back on a little bit. Uh, I've, I've kind of felt like I didn't really love the idea, kind of old school mentality. But as I've thought about this, right, like this in-season tournament really kind of plays itself really well to young up and coming teams as a way to kind of establish themselves and say like, Hey, a lot of our guys are on rookie scale contracts um, yep. and they get to really earn some extra money. And if we kind of take it, like our starters don't really need that extra money. So we're going to go 15 deep through the tournament. Right. Yeah. I know, I know that the games count for wins and, you know, and stuff. It's not like they're irrelevant, but you also don't want to like, gear up your starters for a mid-season tournament. So no. I feel very strongly that the key for these guys, he's fine, I, I got him. I think for the for these guys is like they have a chance to establish themselves as a serious team to be reckoned with if they can come out, play 15 deep, and yep. shoot, like you're saying, 98 shots a game. And just really kind of like, like wow, this team is going to be hard to beat. And yeah. it may be kind of like, 98. you know, the first year of the, the play-in, people are like, what's the point of the play-in? Da, 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 da. Well, then all of a sudden we have a team make it to the finals from the play-in. And I feel like what's happening next is people will start believing that there is value, Alessandra. I believe people will believe that there's value in the in-season tournament once the team yes. that wins it goes on to really prove themselves in playoff basketball. And they're like, oh, well, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of a track record here. Maybe we should go for it. Because it is a test and an opportunity to test how far we've come as a team. So for a young team, yes. If some old-ass team like the Warriors win the in-season tournament, I'm going to be like, all right, first year's a dud. But like, I want to see a team that's what this that, is designed for. Right, right. This I is not see designed young, for the old-ass teams. I want to see like us or the Jazz or some team that's like deep and young, right? Even the Rockets, if they went out and won it. Like, I know everybody would be like, oh, come on. It's like the summer league. Who cares that you won the summer league? Who cares you won the in-season tournament? But it they would care because they're on rookie-scale contracts. And I, and I like the ideas behind that. I, I agree, man. I, I think that if we went out there and we went all blitz at the, the, the in-season tournament, it would be huge for this team. Like, if we went out and we got um, – we, we put out some great numbers. I mean, let's just put it out there. Anybody that you want to ask about the in-season tournament – it's an unknown thing right now. So anybody that says, oh, it's not going to, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. This is why I disagree. 
it's going to matter because it teaches young men how to lock down at any certain um, any um, certain time, how to focus at any certain time. When all the noise is starting going on, all of a sudden, zoom, zoom in, right? That's it. That's all we're talking about. We're not talking about anything difficult right here. We're talking about teaching young men how to zoom it in. And I think if you're teaching your team how to get that focus, how to get that zoom, and each one of them gets $500,000 extra for winning, bro, I mean, that that it's all about confidence for these young guys. It's all about confidence. Anything that helps that confidence, man, got to go with, man. You could, you could win this and then go off and win six, seven, eight, ten games in a row just because you're super fucking confident. I remember some great winning streaks starting from the weirdest circumstances. You know, mm-hmm. like the Rockets went on a, a huge winning streak after Tracy McGrady went down. Like I know. Sometimes like there are certain elements that just kind of like play toward team basketball being the center of what people are doing. And yeah, man. If you had if you have single elimination environments, like you're saying, like can you create a play playoff atmosphere in the middle of the season? Usually the only way that that happens is if you go into a, a contender's house yeah. or if a contender or like the champion comes to your house, that's about it. Like, sure. and you may not even be able to recreate that with your home environment in that environment. So mm-hmm. like putting stuff on the line and saying like, we're going to test where we're at against these other teams because sure. Like nobody's going to not try to win, but they may mm-hmm. not like put everything they have out there. And then sure. that'll be the thing of like, oh, you won the in-season tournament. Yeah, Who cares? Yeah. You know, because other teams didn't try to win as much as you. So they didn't really try sure. and you won. Who cares? And it's like, okay. But some teams think that they have the chance to turn it on and off and they don't. And yeah. I, I do look at it like this season, we need to come out and win eight of the, our first 10 games. We need to come out and let everybody know we're serious and we're playing from the front. Yep. And once that happens, like things start to line up in a different way. People start sure. talking about this di- team differently. Um, at this point, this team really hasn't earned any respect yet. Yeah. Like that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. But at some point people will start seeing what we're saying. And I get why people are like, you guys are overestimating J dubs, you know, potential, <laughs> his improvement. You guys don't understand, you know, what you're talking about with this or that or the other. But, I get but, all that. But that's what but my, like, the stats were. If you guys didn't hear it, I spent a lot of time talking about just adding on shots this year and how they will come, how they will get there. And I'm telling you guys, follow the numbers. Follow the numbers and you will see that J-Dub is definitely going to be a 20 points plus player a game. So but my thing is, like, we have the youngest core in NBA history. Yeah. Two years ago, the youngest team in NBA history. This year, the last year, the second youngest team. Okay. Yep. And they... Did things like played really good defense, had a sure. top five offense, kept their turnovers sure. down really well. And they showed mm-hmm. signs that they could potentially become elite at all five positions on yep. defense. Yeah. So if you see all of these like signs and you're mm-hmm. like, what will next year look like? You have to kind of extrapolate. You can't just sit there and be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be the same thing as last year. If we yeah. were average age of 28, fine. You could say we're going to see a version of what happened last year. It's probably going to be maybe a little bit better because we added a piece, Mm -hmm. but we know what we're going to get from our core guys. We expect everybody on the entire roster to get a little bit better. Absolutely. And that's what brings us to where we are. Yeah. I mean, if you you look at it, you look at the the players that we have, 
we're, we're talking just the bench, bench players. You look at how many shots they took last year, and you can automatically assume that if they get better, they can add 50 to 100 shots to their, their list. You know, If that's the case, where are these guys sitting at? Are we talking about Poku getting major minutes? Are we talking about IJ Will getting major minutes? Who's going to get more minutes? You know, like these are the questions that we all want to know. But the reality of the situation is we don't know what's going on. But I will tell you this is that J Will and Chet are connected at the hip. There's a reason for that. And what that means for the future of of this team in the starting lineup or minutes played by by whomever whomever, it, I don't know yet. I don't so, know yet. Talk to me about the second lineup. Let's just say Poku and Jay yep. Will are in it. Yep. You definitely need Case in getting minutes there. Sure. Isaiah Joe and Kenny Hustle. Kenny Hustle. All right. And then Keontae Johnson on his way in. JRE. Yep. Trey Man. Trey Man. We're going to play thir- in um, Wiggins. We're going to play 13, 14 deep yeah. um, every single night. Last year, we regularly played 12 deep. Most teams yeah. play 10 deep on a given yeah. night. Um, well, Shorten, it's the rotation, rotation man. The playoffs are sure. like eight. But sure. we're going to figure it out. This is Coach like, Dignall. I, I want to say this. Innovating. In the beginning, you look at Shea's minute counts in the beginning, and you look at anybody else that's going to get a heavy um, dose of minutes throughout the season. In the beginning of the season, they start slight. They start low. They start at 24, 25, 26, you know? Oh, they work themselves up. Right, and it takes, it takes them... 15, 20 games to get to the players' numbers that they want him to play. That's key because these guys are going to have time to develop. You know, like you're going to see uh, Shea get out there in 26, 27 minutes. And then next thing you know is he'll be in the 35 minutes. And then he'll be like, boom, damn, he's scoring how many points a minute or game? You know, like that's. Yeah. It's, it's, it's inevitable, man. This year is better than anything that we've seen before. And the numbers don't lie. When you say that this team shots, you know, pretty much 7,600 shots last, last year. And you're saying that this team is going to shoot, you know, 400, 500, 600 more shots. You know, like, that's a ton of shots. But if you if you break it down and you understand exactly what this team is trying to do, right? And you try and see the pace that they run. Like they're, they're, we're taking shots so quickly in the shot clock, you know, we're getting to the foul line so often, you know, like we're able to do so many things with just being able to do this. So for us to sit here and say, this team went from 7,100 shots to 7,500, you know, next step would be 70, you know, what, you know, 8,000, 8,200, you know, like if we're getting to those numbers, those elite numbers, then there's just no way without those elite numbers that we're not going to have elite offense. Without elite offense, <laughs> we're not going to see 123 to 124, 125 points a game. But if there's a team in the NBA that I felt like could do that this year, and I'm just looking at it, you look at teams like the Celtics with the poor uh, way the East is and stuff like that, and you're like, if the Celtics are clicking, then maybe, Right. But then you start, you know, dipping into that, and you're saying who else has an opportunity to score 123 points a game? You could say the Sacramento Kings because they're easy picking, because they did 120 this last year. But I don't like the fucking Sacramento Kings. I like the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thus, I'm going to put my money on the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I'm going to say the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to be the team that scores 123 plus points a game next year, allowing this team to have 100 shots a game, allowing this team to have an MVP candidate, allowing this team to have 
multiple, not just one, but multiple all NBA players. It doesn't matter if it's first team, second team, or third team. They're all NBA players. And that's what I think that this team is capable of doing this year. Let me ask you this, because personally, I feel like very strongly, if Shea, if Josh Giddy, if J-Dub take like less shots this year, then yeah. I feel like we're at a disadvantage. Okay. I feel like we don't want these guys coming in and taking less shots. We just don't. Like, sure. So that's something like almost everybody who, you know, comments or is in the chat almost universally agrees that Shea will probably take less shots this coming year, less shots per game. But if he's I, taking less shots, it's because he's become more effective shooting three-pointers and getting to the foul line. But maybe he doesn't shoot less shots. And then if he doesn't, then he could score 35 a game. <laughs> cool. <laughs> like, we could play this game all we want. Like, he is either going to go off and have one of those seasons that everybody just drops their mouth and is like, Oh, yeah, that's what Oklahoma City fucking idiots have been talking about this whole time. Yeah, Shea's, Shea's better than than Luca. Shea's better than than so, um, Booker. You know, Shea, it's just if we have like the number one offense and Shea's averaging 33 plus. Yeah. Is does he get the the MVP? <laughs> I mean, like if we have the number one offense, we're a top three team in the NBA. Shea's averaging 33.7 and, and five or, you know, 33, eight and, and six. Um, uh, yeah, man. Like, how is he not going to get those votes? Like, like I said, the NBA people are ready for a guard to take it away from the bigs. They're ready for a guard to take it away from the bigs. The MVP is up for grabs for guards. It was supposed to be Luca, but those guys have just not been able to like show that they were locked in for 82 games. So that's it, man. Yo, now so, Shay's, Shay's going to be locked in. He's going to show you that Kobe mentality for real. Everybody's like, you know what the most used word or phrase used in the NBA is that, that Kobe mentality. Because there's only few players that I've ever seen in the entire league history that have the Kobe mentality. But everybody says they and have Everybody's it. like, well, look at that Kobe mentality. It's like Kobe. It's like fucking toilet paper, bro. It's, everybody it's the uses it. Of like how everybody would like aim for a trash can with a ball of paper and be like, Kobe. Like yeah. everybody has a little Kobe now. And like they just think that they can like like we heard that about. And Victor. because of that, it's hard well, to his say. Coach says he has Kobe mentality. It's like, what coach wouldn't when they're trying to get their player drafted number one? Exactly, man. Just and that's it. why I look at Shea and there's the posers Kobe. out there. There's the posers out there. And then you see Shea, right? And you see what Shea is saying. You see the passion that Shea talks about. You see the, him defending why he thinks Kobe is the greatest player ever to play the game. Right? And you're sitting there thinking about it and listening to his words. And that, that, that's what makes you excited. Because he's not cool with just being low-grade, class C restaurant. <laughs> you know? Like, he wants to be the, the best of the best. He wants to be that Michelin star. And if you see that and you see what he does and you see his mentality out there and then you see him getting beat the fuck up and him like, fuck this, I'm getting back out there. You see it, man. You feel it. And he captures you, right? And he says, this is what I'm trying to do, guys. Wake the fuck up. Like, I don't understand how other Oklahoma City Thunder podcasts or even Oklahoma City Thunder media that are, are inside of there that are saying stuff like, I, I would rather have Luca, or I'd rather have Booker or I'd rather have this player. I don't understand how you could 
ever, ever say that Shea isn't the best guard in the league. You are an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. And it's delusional that you would say that you would trade Shea for Luka or Booker. Like, why? It's why. Here's why. Because basically they don't um, form original opinions. So they need somebody from the outside to tell them how great Shea is for them to understand how great Shea is. But here's here's my thing, right? So he was first all first team all NBA, right? He led the NBA in guards voting for all NBA. Okay, so but here's the here's the amazing thing. Going into last season, we knew Mm -hmm. he was an all-star. But most people, most podcasts, most media for the Oklahoma City Thunder kept asking the question about Shea coming into the, into the season is, is he an all-star? Is he an all-star? Is he an all-star? Dude, remember we when we said he was, he was an all-star? The real question was, is he a top five player in the league? But they were saying they're being like, is he an all-star? Like, we knew it, bro, because we yeah. watched the fucking games. We saw what he did after the all-star break last year. That's why we're looking at it and we're saying, like, I understand people like, oh, this team isn't ready yet, but top five in scoring last year, second youngest team in NBA history. We're bringing in more elite defenders. This is going to get fucking crazy. People don't understand how good Cason Wallace is defensively. No, they don't. He's the best guard defender in the in NCAA last year from yep. what I've heard people say. Okay. Yep. And he's going to come in and be our fourth best defender in the guard position. He Most any other NBA team, he would be the second best guard defender on the team, if not the best. Right. He will come in and he's going to be behind man. Shea. He's going to be behind um, Lou Dort. He's going to be behind J-Dub. I mean, it's, so he comes in at fourth. It's on, man. And I want to say this is that the reason we are putting our name out there and saying that the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to take this many shots this next year is because if you follow the numbers for young teams this year, guys, follow the fucking numbers. San Antonio Spurs, Oklahoma City Thunder, Atlanta Hawks, Memphis Grizzlies, Toronto Raptors, Charlotte Hornets, all right? And then you have a couple old teams. And then you have the Utah Jazz, uh, Indiana Pacers. They're all in here, guys. They all take a shit ton of shots, right? If everybody's focusing on that and getting young coaches to sh- um, teach the whole idea of taking many, many shots, right? That means that's where the, the, the whole idea of the NBA is switching. And if we're in the front runner of that, right? And as the switch happens, right? All of a sudden, everybody starts averaging 90 plus shots a game, 95, 96, 97 points or um, shots a game because they see how effective we are being. This is what we say will be king, right? We've been saying it for a while. This is why um, efficiency is king of the NBA, guys, is because when everybody else is focusing on taking a lot of shots a game, we're going to be focused on being efficient with our 100 shots a game. Right. And that's where it beats everybody else is because if you look at J-Dub and you say, this young man is elite when it comes to shot um, selection and efficiency. You look at Shea. This young man is elite when it comes to shot selection and efficiency. You look at Josh. Josh is getting there. He's understanding it more and more, right? And then you put Chet in there. And then it's just like, you know what? We've got four guys that understand the efficient side of the game right there on our starting lineup. And how many teams do we know that have that? Right. We, we haven't even talked about Chet averaging um, 15, 16, 17 points a game. That's what's crazy, man. And like what Chris is saying, Defense wins championship, as they say, right? And we get out and we turn our defense into offense as well as anybody in the league. We keep our turnovers low. Steals. Like if you're coaching, right, and somebody sits there and says, hey, you've gotten your team to keep your turnovers low and they play elite level defense and they get out and run, I'm like, that's like the perfect 
like baseline for a team. Yeah. Like if you can get to that point, like you run fast, you play fast, you keep your turnovers low and you're super young. And then you're going to add Casey Wallace and Chet defensively to the team. Get the fuck out of here, man. Buckle up everybody. It's going to get fucking wild. All right. Jared Slate, we appreciate you. The newest member for the Thunder or the uh, Worldwide Thunder family. Uh, We appreciate you doing that and we will see you guys tomorrow.